This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. What's going on? Hey, John. It's like, well, I mentioned last time that I was like kind of like, stumped for ideas about like what what this week's um, podcast was going to be about. And then I realized, hey, wait a second. We've got a major superhero movie coming out. And yeah, it's about one of the, like, the uh, most disrespected superheroes of all time, Aquaman. Oh, man. It's like Aquaman. It's like, you know, it's like, I, it's like, he's it's like that. Oh, man, it's like that um, Super Friends cartoon just like did nothing but um, ruin his reputation for a for modern generation as being like, you know, the guy whose power is just to talk to fish. Hey, wait, and, did it send waves all the way to this generation? Pretty much. Yes. Yes, it did, sir. It, it very much did. In fact, the fact the fact that you're I'm um, using that that pun is like even more like emphasis of its legacy on on the character at this point. Okay, but but basically, it's like you know, Aquaman has just you know been like for a while, like thanks to that cartoon, the most disrespected of it's like of super of superheroes, just because like they're they're saying like yo hey like what is this power? He just talks to fish, and you know it's like every like um creator who was um who was taken on the character since then has um like has labored under that um it's like that like that singing their dismissal of his abilities, and you know for my money. It's like the 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 one creator who um was able to like you know um like you know utter the um like the best like the best rebuttal to that to the assumption is Grant Morrison um in in his just in his JLA run I mentioned this last year but you know it's like in his opening arc when on um, the White Martians attacked the uh, the Earth and like the Justice League it's like one of them like you know came like tried to take on Aquaman head on. He's like, "What can you do? You can just talk to fish." And Aquaman's like, "Yeah, but you know, it's like, like I can just also like contact the uh, like the portion of your brain that's sent from your scene from your marine ancestors and give you a seizure, which he just did." And it's like, and that was that's the kind of like you know the lateral like imagine the thinking that Morrison's um makes Morrison's writing so great. You know, it's like he's able to look at a, take characters' abilities, look at them in an interesting way, and find new applications for them. Now. There have been like um, two, like in the modern era, like um, two key writers who have been tried to like you know, like tackle. I guess you say the problem of Aquaman, and you now found varying degrees of success with them. The first is um, Peter David. Now, Peter David is best known for his um, lengthy, um, definitive twelve-year run on the Incredible Hulk, in which he um, like like rigorously defined and reinvented the character of Bruce Banner and the. It's like and the Hulk over like over these years, it's like and he's and that's that's just his biggest, like a most notable accomplishment in comics. He's also had like memorable runs on Hulk, uh, and Cap and Captain Marvel as well, and like a lot of other stuff that I can't like pull off the top of my top pull off the top of my head. But like his um, modern day X Factor run, which lasted for over a hundred issues, is a personal favorite. Now, back in the uh, it's like uh, back in the back in the um, early '90s, um, he like um, David. David had a solid rep in comics, and um, he was and it was and the, he and it was announced that he was going to be taking over Aquaman because he was um, viewed as, as a writer who could, you know, bring um, like not just sales but um, it's like an increased, but you know, it's like, but you know, it's like um, an increased quality of writing to whatever, it's like whatever um, like like title he worked on. Now. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that to be, because like you know, it's like like David in in the '90s and aughts is like you know like you look at him and he could like and 
and he could like bring something that, and he and like you could always like expect a certain a certain standard of quality for whatever he brought he brought to the like um to a uh, like he, what he brought to a series, but um looking at it, but um that that being said, like these days, like looking looking at um at his at his record now, like it's not something that he's gotten worse. I mean, he's just kind of like he's really kind of like stayed the same. Really, it's like being like the same. Just kind of the same level of quality, like that he was bringing back in the day. It's like it's kind of the same that he's bringing to um, like most most titles, titles these days. I mean, like you have the same, like same, same, like the same um, appreciation of like like trying trying to subvert conventions. The same like um punny, it's like um punny remarks. It's like it's kind of it really hasn't changed a whole a whole heck of a lot to be honest, and. That actually means a little bit less these days um, compared to, to what it was in the '90s when, like that kind of when, like when um, a writer like bringing a sense of a sense of cleverness and um, fun to a superhero, it's like you know meant a whole lot more. And that's kind of like the case with um, Aquaman by Peter David Volume One, which is what I picked up you know prior to, prior to doing this, and it collects um, his Time and Tide. Um, updating of Aquaman's origins, it's like and the first eight issues of his, like of the Aquaman ongoing series that he wrote. Now it's like the, uh, it's like now the now this now, Time and Tide was also um, like David's attempt to um, connect um, Aquaman's origins to his own um, like um, Atlantis Chronicles, um, miniseries that he wrote a couple of years prior, that basically um told the story of Atlantis, you know, prior to Aquaman's arrival. Now, this is basically like, you know, Aquaman just, you know, getting, finding out, getting his hands on the Atlantis, Chron- Atlantis Chronicles and adding his own or- origin to them, which is, which is interesting in itself as we find out, like, had his take on his origins, like his discovery of um, how Ocean Master is, is his own brother Orm and how his mother, you know, might not be as, as crazy as, as initially thought. I mean, there's, like I said, there's, there's fun, like there's fun, there's putty trait wordcraft here, but, um, I guess the, this probably would have, um, like had a bigger impact at the end if I hadn't already been aware that, you know, Hey, Ocean Master is Aquaman's brother, which is something that that's been like canon for a while now, but it was um, first established in this original miniseries. Then you get to the, uh, um, like ongoing series itself, and this is something I was most interested to read because um, one of the key things um, from Aquaman in the '90s was the fact that you know he had a, a hook with not a hook for a hand, he had a harpoon for a ha- hand because it was um because ri- it was eaten off by piranhas at it's like after um after this one-off villain um Charybdis um tried to um it's like tried to establish his dominance like over Aquaman by trying to by first trying to steal his powers. And then, um, you know, thrusting his hand into piranha-infested waters. So, this is so. It's like, I mean, like the uh, like um, piranhas like eating Aquaman's hand was like, um, when it was viewed as like you know, like hey, you know, it's like it's the nineties. It's like you know, we're doing like all this like increasingly edgy stuff. But at the same time, though, it's like you know, as as David notes in his in his um, it's like in his um in his um forward to the um volume, it's like. Like, you know, everyone, like, who he had, um, tried to pitch the series to, it's like, 
in terms of fans, they were saying, like, oh, hey, I'm running Aquaman. Like, oh, that's nice. Hey, we're like me, uh, something as the king, like, and king of the sun seas. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. It's like, oh, and then we're going to have, like, piranhas eat off his hand in the second issue. It's like, oh, that's like, hey, wh- what? So this is kind of like, I mean, yeah, it does seem like really, like, like crazy edgelord stuff. But at the same time, though, it's like, you know, this is the kind of thing that, needed, that was needed to get people's attention in the, uh, like, like in the era and um it's like when reading it here it's actually it honestly seems um like you know kind of quaint compared to like some of the stuff we get it's like we get today and as the um issues go on i mean it's like it's it's fine it's like i mean it's, it's like we get to see aquaman like you know meet up with his um the sidekick garth um team with the, the with other undersea adventurer dolphin it's like and um and I get to know some of the young people from the Time and Tide miniseries. So it's, so I mean, it's, it's fine, but it's like, I mean, is it, does it feel really essential or revelatory to read them like in the present day? No, no, it doesn't. I mean, it's, I mean, like probably the most revelatory thing about the, uh, about the, about the volume is the fact that when in David's foreword to the volume, when he talks about like the, um, the, the, the reception that, that um, Jason Momoa got, I, when he was really, he was going to play Aquaman, people were kind of, were going like, oh no, man, that's not Aquaman. And then people were counting with, no, 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 wait, that's Peter David's Aquaman. Cause you know, David was the guy who established, um, Aquaman as the, uh, like as kind of like the, um, sullen quiet warrior with the, um, with the long hair and it's like, it's like, and beard. I mean, David, I mean, um, David's, um, David and artist Martin Edgeland's, um, Aquaman, Martin, Martin Edgeland and Kirk Javinian. It's like, they, uh, they kind of like define the look of Aquaman it's like for the era. It's like for era being the nineties, the really. It's like, and like, that's, that's kind of like what, um, like what the uh, film, what the film was really taking. It's like, it's like, is drawing from right there in terms of the look. And I think, and to be honest, it's like, you know, seeing someone who's like main exposure to Aquaman was, um, Grant Morrison's JLA. It's like, and that's kind of like, this is what Aquaman like kind of looks to me when you get like to the, like the short hair, no beard, like orange, Orange scale male, um, green pants. Um, look, that's kind of like okay, yeah, I get that's like how we look for years. But you know, like that whole um, like the David era Aquaman. That's kind of what speaks to me. And you know, when I see like you know like, but when I see Jason Momoa like you know rocking the Aqua Bro, bro look, I like okay, yeah, that's kind of the Aquaman I, I get. And it's also worth noting that that's the um look that Aquaman is marking right now. It's like in the uh like not the Aquaman series I'm reading right now, but in just in the Justice League series from Scott Scott Snyder that I that just that I also the first one I read like prior to reading this, which I'll be um having my thoughts on that in due in due order. But it's not just um David's um you know take on Aquaman that's that I wanted to look at. It's also um Jeff Johns. Now Johns is being has long been one of the the uh, like main movers behind behind it of and in front of the scenes for DC Comics. It's like, I mean, from his, like, um, def- definitive run on, it's like, on Green Lantern to, um, his, it's like, to, um, running, to, like, um, helping, trying to run, running the scenes, um, behind the DC, um, cinematic universe for a while before, well, just Lee kind of put an end into that. And also just, um, like, like, um, setting the stage for what the, uh, um, the rebirth relaunch, um, should be like as well. But, um, it's also worth noting that, that um he that when the new 52 came around he was writing two series that were considered to be kind of like the linchpins of it 
one of them was um of course justice league and um that should have been like the uh, like the uh like the the, the the flagship series of the uh of the new 52 except that you know because hey you know the best laid plans of mice and men just don't amount to much in the world um scott snyder and greg capullo's batman turned out to be like one of those like you know once in a lifetime like you know like best like best of runs and that's what um john's had to compete against there for like um for justice league but uh, at the same time though he's also working on it's like on aquaman because he also had to um, divide his time between being ceo of um like it's like of d of it's like of dc entertainment so but um so john's um running um, aquaman so how did that turn out <sighs> you know it only lasted like you know a little more than 25 issues really get the feeling that he that if he had been allowed to run it run it a bit long run it for longer than that we could have gotten something really special now because the first volume um subtitled the trench basically um does his best to reestablish the character like in the modern dcu but it's done so in a very very defensive manner and i i get this you know it's like this is a um aquaman who is um set in the world this is an Aquaman series set in a world where um you know acknowledges that he's kind of a joke. And it's and you know it's like in on one hand I I understand why um John's they you know, wanted to approach this, you know, like the Aquaman as joke um you know like spine of thinking for like like really head on. But you know it's like it's kinda like the the way he um does this it just doesn't um it's just kinda like yeah it just offers like straightforward rebuttals in the sense that, you know, it's like, it's like when they say, when like he, um, like, um, pitchforks a truck, like, um, like full of robbers, like who've like, like just taken, robbed a bank. It's like, and the, uh, taking the, the policeman said, Hey, thanks Aquaman. Hey, you want a glass of water for that? And he's like, no. And he just jumps away. And then like when he, when, um, he goes to a, um, local, um, fit, like, um, like a fish restaurant, like as fish and chips. Cause like, you know, he at least used to get with his dad and like to like, Oh my God, Aquaman. It's like, you're eating fish. It's like, Yo, yeah. It's like, and it's like one of the guys is like, Hey, can't you just talk to fish? It's like, no, it's like, you know, like, this, when I talk, when I like, you know, talk to fish, it's like, it's like, I'm just like, kind of like mentally trying to control them or convince them of something. They don't not actually able to of carry on a, a, a conversation with them. And it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. You want to try and like, you know, rebut all this like jokey stuff that's said about Aquaman, but by acknowledging it and hitting it off the past, but I don't know. It's like, it, it doesn't feel like just like the way that kind of, kind of works. I mean, like you kind of like, it feels like you want to, it's something that I, Aquaman should have, you know, tried to own more than anything else rather than just, you know, just saying like, Hey, no, it's like, I'm not like this. This is why. And because we all know that, you know, a rational, straightforward response to criticism, it's like, is obviously the worst way to, it's like, to, um, it's like to um, diffuse it. Because that's the world we live in right now. <laughs> Trust me on this. Anyway, but um, as far as the trench itself goes, the first volume introduces, like, these um, undersea monsters that are being let out of their, out of their pen. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, hey, Aquaman versus, like, you know, like, aliens. And that's, 
solid enough like set up for this like um for a storyline but um the thing is like it's it has this as the opening arc goes on it's like you find out that it's it's set, it's set up there's there's lots of ripe set up for you know it's like hey it's like you know these Elo's aliens are like these sorry, these creatures are like you know it's like are meant to be like you know kind of like um aliens type stuff it's like they're like it's essentially like shows they've got their own you know like um culture and like um like in hierarchy it's like and you kind of feel that okay this is that we're setting up for some like kind of Star Trek style like um, moral dilemma here. It's like yes, these alien these creatures are you know trying to take over like um human trying to like are feeding on humanity, but you know it's like they're not like unintelligent. It's like they can be reasoned with, but in the end, you know Aquaman just settles for you know sealing them aside a like a, a volcanic rift. And that's kind of like ah nah man. It's like that's. I didn't want you to go there, man. It's like I want, I, I want that Star Trek stuff. I want that, you know. We want to reason with, like these these creatures and find out what you know, it, like you know what, like you know how can how can we coexist beside them and all. I mean, the first one does have some f- other fun stuff, like you know what happens when Aquaman is like dumped in the desert and is forced to survive there. It's like, especially when like you know one of the uh, artifacts you know that, that that he recovers from the trench happens to be of Atlantean origins, just that these uh, creatures may have actually been from Atlantis. Yeah, that's that's actually, that's really kind of interesting. And then um, the second volume introduces a whole new um, team, like super team that Aquaman used to be a part of called the Others, like um, people who are powered by Atlantean artifacts, artifacts that his nemesis Black Manta is now um, trying to um, trying to collect. It's like, and that's, that's a good setup for the, like, for a storyline as well. It's like, even though it's like, kind of, kind of wish that, um, like, you know, the information of Black Manta had been held off for just a little bit longer, because if he's, you know, one of Aquaman's big bads, you want to, like, you know, like, bring him in, like, kind of at a later date, you know, like, after, like, the proper setup has, has been done. But, um, this, with this volume kind of, like, establishes, like, you know, like further establishes like John's uh, modus operandi of like establishing Aquaman as like kind of the like strong, angry loner type, someone who um like he had like like he uh, like he was been raised apart from Atlantis, then tried to um become king after circum- circumstances um like um allowed for it, and then that didn't work out, and now he's just you know on his own with his um girlfriend um Mera, you know it's like just living. You know, living in their own, you know, existence off of, it's like, it's like off of Boston as well. So, but, um, but this, but like I said, this, it kind of feels like, you know, John's wanted to like make Aquaman kind of like the, uh, solo loner. It's like, I don't want to say like the Wolverine of the, uh, DCU because no, that it wasn't going quite that far, but you know, just trying to like, the, she's like, you recognize like, you know, it's like, you know, like just like you know sullenness isolation it's like as like being like you know traits that were that were meant to be desirable and just pursuing those here so there you go it's like it's uh, i don't know it's like i mean it's like it's that the second volume was like was fine as well to but you know it's like i just kind of get the feeling that you know like there's there's a more like interesting approach to be taken here rather than just 
just, you know, like making Aquaman just like, you know, like a loner. Um, things do get more interesting in the next volume, um, Throne of Atlantis, which is a crossover with Justice League, and um, works finally works in his um, brother, um, Ocean Master, who is, in the New 52 era, the uh, like ruler of Atlantis, and this is something that happened after um, Aquaman's ill-fated um, run as 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 ruler of Atlantis didn't work out, and you know it's like he's I like and I like for the story I like the fact that um, <coughs> yeah that um it's like that that um, Ocean Master wasn't um, introduced as a explicit villain as he was basically someone who was that you know only accepted the rule the rule of Atlantis after like in, in the wake of it um of um Aquaman's departure and um it's like and um only um like like for like uh like um started this attack on her on the surface world it's like due to um circumstances that you know like he like he wasn't trying to set set things up in fact someone else closer to Aquaman was and that's that's kind of clever if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, if you um, follow the uh, law of economy of characters, you'd probably be able to figure out who um, was setting this up to begin with. So, basically, the um, Throne of Atlantis crossover is basically like a um, like a big and bigger um, like, it's like event, as you've got, like, you know, like Atlantis, like, you know, like, like I'm goaded into war against the surface, surface world. Oh, and also the uh, creatures from the trench, um, being set loose, like on the, it's like on the earth, on the uh, surface world as well. So it's like, so John's does a good job of like you know like setting up this stuff, and as well as a big, you know, you know it's like um game changing um like event of uh of Aquaman like being um like having to assume rule of Atlantis at the end, at the end of, end of the crossover. It's like it's, it's like, I don't know, it's like for, as far as anything, so it's fine. It's like you know it's okay. It's like you kind of like hope for like you know these kind of crossovers to have like some major changes in status quo, and that sets up the fourth and final volume, Death of the King. Which hey, you know if you think hey, Death of the King, does this mean Aquaman's going to die here? It's like no, no, it's not. It's like there's there's another king that's introduced here. In fact, it's actually a king that was introduced earlier in in John's run, and hey, it's like so that's so that's good. It's like there's there's set up there's set up and payoff here. It's like. And um, it's like it's, it's like you know it's like it's the uh, it's basically like a uh, story that basically like has lots of um, stuff being thrown at Aqu- Aquaman, like as as ruler for, of Atlantis from a uh, like from a group of um like um like surfside scavengers um trying to find find Atlantis to um Aquaman dealing with um do the strain of the relationship with Mera because she was originally sent to um take him out as due to her status as one of the, uh, as one of the, like as, as, as one of the, um, like princesses of the, uh, other kingdoms of Atlantis that were it's like, like that, that were established back in the day to, um, like people in, uh, Aquaman's own inner circle who want, um, his, his, um, brother ocean master reinstated as the, uh, like as the uh, ruler, ruler of Atlantis. There's a lot going on, on here. And, um, it's, to John's credit, that the things are um, the things are eventually like um, resolved in a pretty straightforward fashion by the end by the end of it. Even though it's like at the end of things, 
it's like it's kind of set up for an even bigger story involving the uh it's like the true kings of the seven seas it's kind of like i and that's i get the feeling that you know hey it's like okay yeah it's like he set up he's done all this stuff and so now it's like we're gonna get we got an even bigger story um like forecast i foreshadowed for like for now but because this is something that john set up he's probably like gonna not gonna let um, anyone else or uh, eh, he's not gonna let anyone else take, take a chance take a shot at it or maybe it's just that anyone looks at this and anyone else who follows him looks at this and goes uh yeah it's like no i'm not gonna try this i'm gonna go and do um like my own thing so so really it's like it's kind of like i i feel that you know if that if we that my my hope is that if john said you know followed through um with another 25 issues of of um aquaman we would have gotten like find out like that that um whole like um kings of the seven seas storyline in fact um we might still get it at some point because um that's being that's another story that's something else being um brought up in the current pages of justice league as well so and now that um john's is no longer like um an intrinsic part of the dc cinematic universe he's got more time to um, devote to his comic comic book writing which i think which i think is good because that's um that's what he's delivered um his uh like his most memorable um like like writing as well so so there you go oh but i do want to mention that um for the uh run of his for the time of his run on aquaman he had like he was aided and embedded by two really great artists um first is his um green Lantern collaborator um ivan rice who did um who gave us lots of fantastic visuals like this is a guy who um it's like who could like um give you like all like all the fish all the detail you could want to see like in an underworld like environment like for the uh, first like for the first half is of his run it's like and he's it's like and um rice is a guy that you look at him and you're like you know whenever you see him working on a tile like you know that hey you're gonna look at you're gonna see something that's like that's utterly fantastic to look at second half of the run was handled by paul pelletier and he's the guy who may not like have like like say the the detail of rice but he's also got like a really some really dynamic set like style as well and um he was it's like and it was great to see him take like take on the series as well so yeah it's like this is a series that had like really fantastic art from beginning to finish it's like um but the storytelling um i don't know it's like it like i said it was fine i mean like i wouldn't say that um that it, it was it was def- it wasn't on the level of um john's um green lantern work that that is to be certain sadly but um it at least had me feeling that you know that i would like to have seen that that with him with um john's established like um, like um taking on like you know this current this uh current like um take on green lantern the t- not Green Lantern. It's like Green Lantern is his definitive thing. That's what he's going to be best remembered for. But with Aquaman, it's like that he was like, you know, I at least got the feeling that he was just getting warmed up in that um, things that um, if he had kept going, we probably could have gotten even better things for him. As it is, well, there's at least a nice, a nice reasonably self-contained story to be had from, from, from John's run. It's like, at, as it is so as far as things go it's like if you're looking at you know if you want if you 
as far as this like new Aquaman movie goes, um, well, like the or- origins of his look like we ha- found in in um, Peter David's run, but um, as far but um, I imagine like a lot of the uh, um, like throne grabbing storytelling may also have like roots in uh, like in Jeff Johns's um, I got take take um take as well, but hey, uh, as I'm recording this, I have not seen um, Aquaman yet; has not opened. But I am definitely looking forward to this because, excuse me, the early reviews have been pretty good, and I and I was one of the guys who actually liked Aquabro in um in the Justice League film from last year. So there you go, um, John. It's like any of your thoughts on like um Aquadude and anything? Well, it sounded like that they worked pretty hard to dispel the uh, the uh, how shall we say it the bad. Uh, mythology. <laughs> they they argue they argue work too hard. You know, J- Johns and company worked arguably too hard on this. Yeah. So you know, you know, having such advocates for this character. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they believe that he's he's better than his reputation. That's if nothing else. Yep. So what do you have on Tap Force next year? Next year? Did I say yeah, next that's, year? Yeah, huh. that's actually right. So. Um, <laughs> Unless I, uh, I, unless I look at my um, to buy list and realize that hey, you know, there's some stuff that I want to consider as for for best of this year. Because like I gotta admit, I am, I really do want to get that final volume of um, of Dan Slott's uh, Spider-Man series. Because like I'm wondering, like if that might be really, really great. But I was like, if if I if I if I do want to consider it. Then um, there, are, then maybe I'll do that for next time. But um, if not, then um, maybe we'll be uh, doing um, the best of best of twenty best of twenty eighteen. So really, so we'll see. Yeah, the end of this year already. Yeah, it just oh, it doesn't feel like it right now. It really doesn't. All right, then we'll talk to you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, later's. <laughs>